Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? Let's get this show on the road. Whether you like it or not, let's go! Let's go to Kansas City, Kansas. Kansas City. Now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh huh. Missouri or Kansas? Kansas City, Kansas. All right. For those of you who have, we spent um, about a decade in Kansas one year. And for those of you who have been there, you know Kansas City, Kansas is the wrong side of the tracks. The good part of Kansas City is in Missouri. So figure that out. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Is it the same city? Yeah. Hmm. It's just uh, on the border. And yeah, Kansas City, Missouri was nicer than Kansas City, Kansas. I I guess the state of Missouri just put more money into it. Although, isn't Kansas City, Kansas the fountain city? No, I guess Kansas City is the fountain city. Yeah. And then depending on... It's just really weird. The prisoners who escaped from the big house, Fort Leavenworth, and the prisoners who escaped from the army prison, Fort Leavenworth, Leavenworth. used to go to Kansas City and get money out of the fountains. Yes, Mm because they would just go down the river, right? Yeah. Yeah. We are doing... Hedvig and the Angry Inch, mm. 2001. This is the story of an internationally ignored glam rock singer and her search for stardom and love. The particulars. Hedvig and the Angry Inch was released on nine theaters on July 9th, 2001, now, I mentioned that because I saw it in the summer of 2001. Mm-hmm. I specifically remember because I had heard about it because it had come out in Sundance. And I was super, if you listen to the end of the Labyrinth episode, you know, I 2001, summer of 2001, I was all in on glam rock. And what is this? And I heard the music. I'm pretty sure that was the summer Evan and I would always go to what we called the crack house. It was Tower Records. So I'm pretty sure I had the original cast recording of this before I saw it. So I was looking up the dates because apparently it had its wider release, although it is a smaller film, on September 12th, 2001. Oh, not a good movie. Not a good day. So the opening box office numbers for this film are all out of whack because Uh it opened after, but I guess um, the theaters did a thing where they would just let people come in because they were like, we need something to watch. And so they didn't charge, and because they didn't charge, like apparently a lot of people got to see this movie but they don't have any numbers to back it up. Interesting. Yeah. So the particulars, written and directed by John Cameron Mitchell. He also directed Short Bus, Rabbit Hole, How to Talk to Girls at Parties, episodes of Nurse Jackie and Glow. Nerd Alert, his father, John Henderson Mitchell, is a U.S. Army, I'm sure he's retired by now, but U.S. Army Major General and was U.S. Commander of West Berlin from 1984 to 1988. Interesting. So I'm just like, little John Cameron Mitchell was a general's son. And that's just funny because think of the boss's kid. And sometimes the boss's kid is awesome and sometimes the 
boss's kid is the boss's kid. So I I just always wonder like what kind of boss's kid was John Cameron Mitchell, especially just given who he is. And like at that time when he's growing up and his dad's in the army, like how cool was his dad? Was yeah. his dad uh, like actually really cool? Or, you know, is he like stereotypical army about it? Because you never know. You don't. Um, it's based on the Broadway, on the off-Broadway musical of the same name with the book by John Cameron Mitchell and music and lyrics by Stephen Trask who also did the score for In Good Company, The Station Agent, Little Fockers. And Nerd Alert, his real-life band, Cheater, played Hedvig's band. Ah. In the off-Broadway and in the movie. And Nerd Alert, he lives in Lexington, Kentucky. Or, I'm sorry, he came out as non-binary. So I've been, although he did list he and his as pronouns, also they and them, they live in Lexington, Kentucky with their husband who is a professor at UK. Oh my God. At UK. Yeah, so I just thought oh, it was UK? crazy that Stephen Trask lives in Lexington, Kentucky. I agree. Um director of photography is Frank G. DeMarco, who also shot Short Bus, a couple of episodes of Mad Men, Rabbit Hole, Margin Call, and episodes of Sneaky Pete, among others. Mm-hmm. The editor is Andrew Marcus. Listen to what this guy cut. Howard's End, Remains of the Day, American Psycho, Under the Tuscan Sun, and Step Up, just to name a few. Wow, that's eclectic. Yeah. Starring John Cameron Mitchell as Hedvig Robinson and Hansel Schmidt. As an actor, he's appeared in MacGyver, Head of the Class, Not too long ago, he popped up on one of my Law and Order reruns. I was like, "That's John Cameron Mitchell." Yeah, Um, Girl Six. He's popped up in The Good Fight. The Good Fight. He's in Shrill. Um, And I am so excited, especially since rewatching this movie. And there was a whole thing of um, the Academy Awards celebrating its 20th anniversary. And he's in Australia. And, I'm, and he had this weird mustache going on. I'm like, why is John Cameron Mitchell looking like this? And why is he in Australia? Because he's shooting. He is going to be Joe Exotic in oh the my Peacock God. production of that whole oh, story. No. That's why there were pictures of him. And yeah, he's in the one with Kate McKinnon. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so in. She's going to be oh Carol, what's her name? Yeah. And he's, oh my God. He's going to, when I just rewatching this film, I'm just like, my God, this man is such an amazing actor, especially if you've seen on, um, he does a completely 180 in The Good Fight. So I'm like, his. Joe Exotic? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm so excited for that. Okay. Miriam Shore is Yitzhak. She's been in Bedazzled, the HBO miniseries Mildred Pierce, The Good Wife, Younger, and The Americans. She's also done tons of Broadway. Stephen Trask as Chitsop, who is he's the dark-haired guitarist. That's the guy that wrote all the songs and stuff. Andrea Martin as Phyllis Stein, Hedvig's manager. She's a Tony Award winner for My Favorite Year and The Revival of Pippin. She's a member of SCTV, which is a famous Canadian Mm -hmm. um, comedy group. 
that included Joe Flattery, Dave Thomas, Harold Ramis, John Candy, Eugene Levy, and Catherine O'Hara. Oh, wow. So she's got her bona fides. Um, She was also in Black Christmas, Wag the Dog, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, The Good Fight, and is currently on a show that I highly recommend. If you like The Good Wife, The Good Fight, good dramas, and if you like a sprinkle in of some weird spirituality creepiness, Evil on Paramount+. Plus. It's one season. They're on their second season. I highly recommend it. You keep telling me that. It's good. And Michael Pitt as Tommy Speck slash Tommy Gnosis. He was also in Murder by Numbers, The Dreamers, and HBO's Boardwalk Empire. Those are the mm. particular. Wow. We are introduced to Hedvig, a glam rock singer and her band, The Angry Inch. Hedvig is a gender is genderqueer. We learn through flashbacks her life story of growing up in East Berlin and her struggles to achieve recognition. A young evangelical boy who Hedvig mentors and loves achieves the, achieves the success she is missing. So the band shadows him as he tours the country and they play in seafood restaurants. It's called Bilge Waters. Which is uh, across the country. What could go could go wrong? I forgot how good it was. Oh man, this movie! I forgot how how funny it is. I had no idea what to expect. Yeah, and I liked it, but I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, exactly. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, but the dialogue, I mean, the the one-liners that just come out in the mm-hmm. middle of, oh, so funny. Okay, mm-hmm. so we are to POC count. Okay, so I have, um, there were two black guys who were guests at one of the, one of her, <laughs> one of her shows, early shows in Junction City. Where she had the Korean-born wives of the army officers playing, which more on that later, um, and then of course Sergeant Luther Robinson, Hedvig's future hus- future ex-husband, I should say. So three, and then we have the four Korean women as the backing band, and there there could be some people like in the background and stuff that I missed. Exactly. So uh, power of cast. Oh, uh, so I have. Well, do you, does you want to go first? Does anybody have? You can go. I'm gonna let you take it. All right. I, I would. I tried to figure out what to say, and I couldn't figure it out. So. Well, I have. I have a couple. Just that Hedvig is not a trans woman. Correct. That you already mentioned. So she's John Cameron Mitchell has said that she's a gender queer character who goes by feminine pronouns. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay. I think that's. I looked it up, so I got that right. And um, in The Power of Cast, Hedvig's mother, which I'm sure we'll talk about, has the quote, better to be powerless, my son. We'll, we'll get into like why she's like where she's coming from, because she's definitely coming from a different kind of reality. And her perspective on life is very interesting, to say the least. But that's just 
how sad that is. Like, mm-hmm. it, but it seems very East German communism kind of just, just, just go with it. But then, you know, the new AV people say um, resistance is what causes, you know, pain and stuff. So maybe, but she's not. Who are we kidding? <laughs> um, it's a tough beat that Luther is a black guy. I was just like, ah, I know. But um, also though, Americans in the West, as Hedvig wants to go over there, those are the people. The Americans are the ones that cause all of his pain. Right. You have his father. You have Luther. You have Tommy Gnosis. With the American, the Western society, rock star establishment thing. Um, and then also just with Luther, how he's he's in Luther's a sergeant in the army. It's obvious he's gay or at the very least bisexual. And at that time, he could get kicked out of the army for that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, I thought that. This wasn't. This was something that I put together on this watching when he leaves because the whole reason he likes Hedvig, but he has to. So if you haven't seen the movie, I'll say it. He Luther finds Hedvig, and falls in love with him, but he can only get. They can only get married if Hedvig is a woman, and there's a medical examination. So that's why his Hedvig's mother and Luther pretty much pressure Hedvig into having a sex change operation so that he'll pass the medical. How he passes the medical, though? I I still don't understand understand that. But Hedvig wants to get out of East Germany very bad and so goes along with it. And then once he's in Junction City, Kansas... Um, Luther shows up and I think Luther's out of the army then. And so then that's why he can leave and go be his true authentic self with a younger man. And I think that was also part of it. Luther's going to keep having the younger ones. Yeah. As soon as they age out, Luther's going to trade them in. Right. Exactly. And it's also the day that the Berlin Wall comes down. So just tough beat for old Hedvig right there. <laughs> Damn. Um, I, I think another part power of cast is how Hedvig is a better entertainer than Tommy Gnosis is by oh far. My God. Tommy Gnosis is all American looks and his acceptable androgyny becomes a bigger star than Hedvig, who is way more talented than Tommy Gnosis. Exactly. So that's, that's what I have for power of cast. Okay. Christine, anything? No, I think you nailed it all. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) Now we're to nerd alerts. Take it, Aaron. All right. Well, the year is 2001. So that's the year that iTunes lost. Launched. That year. Uh, Wikipedia also launched. Wow. Really? Yeah. And iTunes. Yep. President. George W. Bush is sworn in. And remember, that's a, that's a great what if, guys. Remember, because there was that whole Al Gore thing, and yeah, Al, Al Gore was like, you know what, for the good of the country, I'm gonna step aside. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> um, Disney California Adventure opens. 
the Netherlands allows same-sex couples to marry. And I was like, oh, wow. Netherlands. Yeah. Interesting. Aaliyah was killed in a plane crash. Rest in peace. Yeah. And Donald Rumsfeld said he gives a speech regarding $2.3 trillion in Pentagon spending that cannot be accounted for. And he identifies the Pentagon bureaucracy as the biggest threat to America. So apparently there was $2.3 trillion that went, that just, everybody's like, the accountants, the auditors, like, what happened to this money? $2.3 trillion. And he's like, yo, this bureaucracy is out of control. He gave that speech on September 10th, 2001. Wow. So... Um, all, Nobody you know. paid in. No, yeah. I because mean, the next day, everything changed. Yeah. So the movies of 2001, the top five. Number five, Ocean's Eleven. Number mm. four, Shrek. Number three, Monsters, Inc. Number two, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of what? the Rings. And the number one film of 2001 was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Wow. People needed an escape that year. I wonder why. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it was also, that happened nine months into the year. That's true. That was like 2000, kind of, right? Right. It's just, yeah. Remember in August, they were talking about the sharks. (laughs) All these shark attacks. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, The Oscars. So the nominees for Best Picture were Moulin Rouge, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings, In the Bedroom, Gosford Park. And the winner for Best Picture was A Beautiful Mind. Remember when we went to see A Beautiful Mind? Yeah. And somebody had a seizure and... They had to stop the movie. Oh, that was that she was all by herself yeah. and nobody was going to go help her. And, and Ma went to go help her. Ma's a helper. I, I mean, you can't let a woman have a seizure. Mr. Rogers said to look for those. She's the helper. I'm not the helper. I was like, you were, she was sitting back there going, I wouldn't know what to do. Okay. But you had you had training from your um your teaching of special abilities, children. Mm-hmm. I also, for, to, for Nerd Alert, I have shout out Denzel Washington and Halle Berry for winning Best Actor and Actress at, um, Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. And then also to tie this all into Labyrinth last week, I neglected to mention that Jennifer Connelly is an Academy Award winning actress. Oh. She won the Best Supporting Actress for A Beautiful, A Beautiful Mind. Mind. And oh. I was just like, yeah, the synergy. Mm. It's what we do. We know that when we pick our movies. Mm-hmm. We are two reheatables. Well, is, does anybody else have any other nerd alerts? No, I don't. I did a little n- bit of a nerd alert on citizenship because um, oh. Hansel Schmidt was, mm. his father was an American serviceman. So I wondered if he may have been able to avoid his angry inch by going, getting, um, didn't he have citizenship if his father was American? So I did a little dive. And? Citizenship 
also just to clear it up for my own self, I know that I am an American citizen because technically I was born on American soil and both of my parents are American and spent years living in America. So I wasn't doing research for myself. I know I'm American. The citizenship. So people born from December 24th, 1952 to November 13th, 1986. And I figure... Hansel fits in that category. Exactly. You would need to show that this this is if one, like one of your parents, you need to show that this parent lived in the U.S. for at least five years after they turned 14 for at least 10 years in total. The process can be more complicated if the U.S. parent is your father and he did not marry your mm-hmm. mother before you were born. If the father's name oh. appears on your birth certificate, you can submit this proof Otherwise, you need to show that your father legitimized you or otherwise acknowledged the parental relationship before you turned 21 or got married. Yeah. So I don't think that I guess that route was kind of difficult for him because who knows if he was on the birth certificate. And I'm pretty sure that they didn't get married. Right. His parents. Right. Okay. So um, now we are to reheatables. Mm-hmm. And I have a few negatives. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, parental sexual abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. Um, Aaron was referring to the angry inch because we didn't go into, a, uh, you know, the particulars of the sex change, which didn't appear to be done in an operating room. No, it was a back alley. Mm-mm. And it looked like just a pair of really sharp scissors. And so an an inch was left because it wasn't done well. And... Um, well, the wound healed and he was left with a one-inch mound of flesh where his penis used to be and his vagina never was. Right. So there you go. That Those were the lyrics to the song. So that's why it's called... The angry inch. <clears throat> so a botched gender change surgery is definitely a negative reheatable. Definitely. And truly, because Hedvig was not a transsexual, the only reason she got the surgery was to be able to ma- um, marry the sergeant. Luther. It was to be able to marry Luther so that she could gain entry citizenship into America. Right. So uh, it it wasn't even like she was looking for that. Yeah, it wasn't. Like we said, Hedwig's not transgender. Hansel wasn't, oh, I'm really a woman deep down inside. Hansel was just a a gender queer with his identity and stuff. And then this present this he this was how he wanted a way out, and so this was presented, and it was like, all right, I, yeah, I, I could be a woman, okay, but didn't, but he didn't even really get to. I guess she didn't even really get to think about it because the right. mom was just like, well, to be free, one must give up a piece of oneself, and Luther she was, was like, this has to happen. Mom, mom was was not a warm, cuddly mother. Well, Mom has seen a lot in her life. Mom had, and so um, we are to other negative reheatables. 
Um, mm, having the child play in the oven was yeah. my negative. Obviously, they didn't use that oven because Hensel had posters in mm -hmm. the oven. Yeah. But still, yeah. it's not where you want the kid to play. No. Especially if it's a gas oven. Mm -hmm. I wrote so child. Maybe she did. Yeah, child molesting. Mm -hmm. It's all time. Bad. Because also, it's all the whole movie is that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. The cycle. Yeah. Nobody, I felt like none of the, in all of the relationships, nobody was old enough to be in it. Exactly. Yeah. The younger person. Yep. Yeah. But then I wrote little weens. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm sure you did. And yes, that would Will be negative. There? No, I didn't mean for that to be the negative. I meant for it to be a standard of there being a certain size that is oh. right for everyone. And then oh. being, like having an angry inch might not be that bad. Some people, that floats your boat. Right. You exactly. know? I thought that that was a negative because... That's implying there's one thing that everyone wants in the world, and there's not. Everyone well, has no. a different sexual preference, and everyone likes a different thing. There you mm -hmm. go. So Hedwig might have been the perfect person for someone out there. Exactly. Very she delicately is. stated yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, my negative reheatables. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, we already mentioned it. Back alley sex change operations. Mm-hmm. Let's get those in at the hospital. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. But if there's no legal option, well, yeah, kind of yeah. reminds you about uh, something else that's uh, gonna be Lame. back alley now. Back, back to back alley. Fuck. Coat hangers. And then, and then just a little bit, we kind of mentioned it briefly. How did his box botched sex change operation pass the inspector? You know, like the medical examination. But then I thought of like the military doctors and how like, they probably just didn't even look because they were all men. And they're like, oh, yes. Yeah, so I thought about is how often you like, you know, when you go somewhere so prepared, like you go to a bar right now and you're or go out to eat and you're like, I have my vaccination card, I have my ID, I have everything. And then you just like walk right in. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I feel like it's all dependent on who you're, you know. Yeah. You just get the right or wrong person at any moment in time. Yeah, that's very true. So, and, and yeah, very, very true. They got uh, the right person, I guess. They did. Zima. I like when Hedwig was on the tires and he's drinking this, she's drinking the oh, Zima. Yeah. I was too young. I missed this whole Zima thing. I, I wonder if I would have liked it. You were too young for that, too? Well... I wasn't into drinking at the time. No, you were, I was, you were a child. It, I was around, I think, 18. Because it tried to make a comeback out. in the past few years. Oh, Maybe like I'm three years really, ago. I'm not out in the streets like that anymore. So I, I, you had to, you had to, re, I had about a good eight years where you had to get me in it. I never, by the time Zemo was just a, it was a, the, the joke. And I thought that was hilarious. Tommy Gnosis's whole rock star vibe is not something I've ever been into. Ew, I hate mm -hmm. it. I am so glad you said that. I didn't put them in negatives, but I hated it. Mm -hmm. 
just mm. his greasy hair and just his whole I was like oh um I thought this was interesting this made me go wait a second so the thing about the Berlin Wall the war ended in 1945 but it wasn't until August 13th, 1961, that a wall was erected. Mm-hmm. And that was because the communist government of East Germany started building it. And if people don't know the geography, so you think of Germany, and Germany got split into Eastern, like West Germany and Eastern Germany. But if you look at Berlin, Berlin is in the center of Eastern Germany, and mm. they divided the city up with the Allies getting a part portion and then the Soviets getting a portion. And I guess, a court, depending on who, what perspective you're looking at, if you're from the U.S., the Allied version is all of these East, East Berliners are flooding and, and trying to seek freedom because if they get to West, you know, where the Allies are, then they can go to the West and be free. If you're looking at it from the communist side, you're like, we're putting up this wall to keep your fascism and hmm. your beliefs and principles but it it's kind of the thing we're like yeah but a whole bunch of people are leaving so which one do you believe the who built the wall you know and why did they build it but i didn't i just always assumed in my mind because that the wall was around when i was born that it went up in the 40s and i'm like wait no. it was built in the yeah. 60s yeah. yeah it was cold war yeah, um, and then like ch- the child abuse thing. Yeah, Just, it ain't good. Yeah, how heavy he said he was touched by many people, and, and it, mm. it's like a line, and you're like, and it's it's funny, but you know that it means different, you know, added things. I mean, we saw a few. Can I add a negative? Yes, while we're here, and I just thought of it, and I feel like every time you see this kind of representation in films and TV and everything, it comes back to a reason of somebody who's touched or somebody who had something negative in their life. But I feel like that's a negative because I, I mean, I don't know from experience, but I feel like there's probably people out there who were just trans because that's who they are. Exactly. Or gay because that's who they are or want to be this or the other. And then, I feel like every time we see it in film and movies, it's because something really traumatic happened to them as a child. Yeah. And like, while that oftentimes, like, yeah, I'm sure that's the case a lot of times, but like, it's not always the case. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like every time you see that representation in film, it has to be because this traumatic event happened in their life that made them be this way. Right. Right. But I think that the Hedvig does a good job in that it's telling this person's particular story and that before any of that happened, like Hedvig was gender queer. Hansel was gender queer, you know? Right, right. And then all of that stuff happened and and yeah. And I, I think I agree with you because when you see so few representations of that Mm -hmm. then it would be really easy to point it out and be like oh his father touched him and then he did that that's why why. right yeah and then that that's but but, yeah but i think this is just who i am exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because there's some people who know also that also though you don't we don't see that because there's nothing dramatic in that 
Right. So, no. yeah. Yeah. So it's like, what are we even watching? Oh, you're well adjusted and normal. Yeah. Well, like, that's, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's every other movie. It's, there's no point to it. It's boring. Exactly. There's nothing to it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, because it always does like what Dini was saying. Because the thing with Tommy Gnosis is he's underage as well, and Hedvig is older and in a position of power as his babysitter and takes advantage. Mm-hmm. And Hedvig does things, and it goes in, yeah. So, so yeah, those are my negative reheatables. That was a very good one, Dini. Yeah, it was. It's true, and it needs to be brought out because otherwise. Well, yeah, it's like, why can't that just be like, I think that's where I see shows like, and maybe I'm not right about this, but shows like RuPaul's Drag Race that are like, oh, we're just like celebrating this. It has nothing to do with like, this is the trauma I celebrate or like I I endured or. Right. And even like uh, Modern Family just showing a couple Mm-hmm. A same-sex couple, but there yeah, was who no... we are. We didn't go through any. Exactly. I mean, exactly. maybe we. Didn't I mean, that's the part did. that you that, that you strive for and get to be. That's when you, the representation mm-hmm. and the equality, and then you get to see the different right. representations of like, yeah, gay people aren't a monolith, and trans right. people aren't a monolith, and there gay people aren't gay because mean. they did they went through a trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you, but it happens with gay people have trauma because people right. traumatize them. But right. In exactly. The, but in all of the other like nine perfect strangers, those are all people with traumas that happen. Like if you look at the stuff that we watch, like Mary's yeah. I mean, yeah, all, that's the point of but, TV. But yeah, exactly. So you have all of that. But it's important when there you only see this representation, a small minority, and it's always represented, and it's always that. That that's why when you get more representation, that's why the diversity and seeing the things matter. Because then you can't mm-hmm. boil it down, and you're actually like, oh no, there's the humanity underneath. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we are to positive reheatables. I um, did you say in your particulars who did the illustrations? I have that in my tasty nugget. Okay, because I love them. It's artist Emily Hubley. So those were definitely a positive. AFN, Armed Armed Forces Forces Network. I had that down too. Oh man, like these. I bet that those kids now. There's probably not that many of them. First of all, and they have cable. You know, they got satellite cable and stuff. They don't know when you lived. When we lived in Germany, you had one channel that could come in in English, and it was Armed Forces Network, and you watched whatever was on it. John McLaughlin Group, I watched it. I watched whatever they put in front That's of me. That's right. The commercials, we people would bring tapes, and we would we would be out there like the way that hustlers are with like the crack rock narcotic. We would be slinging those VHS tapes. Oh, you got, oh, what is that, Wings? Oh, I'll take that. Oh, you got Empty Nest? I'll take that. And then we would get so mad when you popped in a tape and they skipped the commercials. And meanwhile, because we wanted side, to see the commercials. We wanted to see the commercials. What is Palm Olive up to? I want to see. <laughs> um, 
and uh, Gast House. Remember Gast House? Yes. Gast Seven House. o'clock every day. It, it uh, was the local show, the local like little talk show thing. Man, it was. You know, I guess that's my my feel of communism is only having the one channel, and like I'm I'm not saying that I'm communist or anything, but there is that little charm of like, well, you didn't have to. You don't have a choice. Yeah, you didn't have to think about what was on. You would get it was the great. show in the you two, you two would never fight about what show to watch because there was no fight to have. Actually, that's when I started watching ABC soaps because they would do the ABC soaps. They were the only ones they showed. No, Ma. No, they showed Guiding Light because, remember, we would watch the ABC shows and then they would only show Guiding Light in General Hospital. So we we lost track of what happened. And then, then when we came back, we were like, are we going to watch Guiding Light now? And we were like, we can't. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, the Swiss Army knife. I mean, come on. That sucker comes in handy all the time. Scissors to trim Tommy Gnosis's eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics to those songs. They're so. They're just, oh they're, my God! You have to listen and pay attention. There's a gem in each one. Those were mine. See? Well, I had the sleep machine. Yes. yes, the old-fashioned sleep machine. We don't live a day without it. Um, the idea that we're all cut in half. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love that. Uh. Um, the little bishop and a turtleneck really made me, really made me laugh. I love that one. <laughs> um, rent. Yes. And I wrote, "That's me singing while I cook." I wondered if you would get into the soundtrack and start singing these songs while you were cooking. We'll see. I don't know who that was talking about. What's what scene that was? I I have just imagined any of Hedvig's performances. Yeah, all all of them, and then the fashion. Yeah, yes. I loved it. I loved it. That the I wrote my I wrote denim skirt because I had this denim skirt that I loved, and I got it in Germany. Yeah. So when I was like 16, I went to Germany with my with my parents, with my family, and I was like, I'm gonna get so many like fashion forward p- pieces here. And so I Germany. got this, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knew? But like they had HM. I had never been to HM. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. Yeah. So I got this like denim skirt and it was like patchwork. It was so cool. And then I had like a white white t-shirt I wear with it. And my Blair and Rory, my best friends, made so much like fun of me for this skirt. But now, fast forward 2021, here we are. We love Patrick Denham. So I I put that on my positives because my denim skirt was very fashion forward. And I think Hedwig Hedwig would have worn it. Yes, mm-hmm. and looked amazing in it. Mm-hmm. Better than me for sure. No, I don't. I doubt I, that. I don't know about that. Well, I mean, come on. 
Erin? Oh, mine? I have... I just have Hedvig, how she's just so damn entertaining. That's not your MVP? No. Oh, that's why I'm just okay, giving okay. like I'm just giving the the shout out of just how just I just turned it on and I just started laughing and I was Yes. Like, oh my gosh. I I I'm not one of those people who watches movies over and over again. But when I watched this, I forgot how many times I had seen it and I kind of think that uh I kind of think that this took me to my happy place. Like when it came out on DVD and like, I would, I think I would just put it on and even like during the week, putting on the original cast recording and stuff. Like it just, I, I'm just instantly just happy, even mm-hmm. though it's like, it's not a happy story, but it's just the barbs and the humor. It's yes. really just Hedvig's humor <clears throat> because I think humor is so subjective, but it says a lot about the way that people perceive the world and their perception of the world and just her barbs about it it's just funny but it's also just true and she's just as she says this is what she has to work with and she's just making the, a go out of it and she's not a heroic character by any means but she's just so damn entertaining yeah, yeah. yes man i mean like and she committed yeah, like she does some horrible things, you know. She's predatory with Tommy. She tears up Yitzhak's passport. Yes. So she's basically a, a trafficker. And Yitzhak is her husband. And that's a whole thing that I have more on that in Tasty Nuggets. And tears up his passport. That mm-hmm. That's like beyond the pale fucked up. But as an entertainer, my God. The music. Yes. I was thinking about this specifically, just the drums, just listening in the original cast recording and in the, this of just the live drums. And I'm like, I think that this kind of planted the seed because I was trying to make my own songs. And yeah, you can't program the drums to beat that live drumming in those films. So I'm like, I think this really kind of planted the seed of like, I want to learn to play drums. Because, mm. man. And then also just with the music... It was just that sweet spot of everything that I loved with glam rock and the songs and how it was, they were just, they're just all, to me, in my opinion, these are all just great songs, period. There isn't, they don't sound Broadway or show tuney, and that's, like, I, I don't disparage that in any way, but just to me and my, like, gender, my glam rock sensibilities, I loved how the songs were different. Each song was a different genre. I'm like, oh, this is the power song. Oh, this is their kind of Broadway-ish song. Oh, this is the country song. Oh, this mm-hmm. is the all-out punk rock song. Oh, this is... Like, I just loved all of the different shades and elements that went into it. And it, you could just tell that this was the first... Stephen Trask was from a rock band and had a lot of the influences that I was getting into. And it wasn't... um of the more show tuney thing. And I think it, even James Cameron Mitchell said that he had to train himself to, to go away from the Broadway vibrato when he mm-hmm. sang and to really spelt it out like a rock star. And could he sing too? Ooh. Wow. That was incredible. Like most of the, this is a tasty nugget. Most the songs, like when you're watching the movie, 
a lot of times in musicals, they'll be lip syncing to another track. But in this case, they they were they had the backing track and he's singing live to create that live show. And on the original soundtrack or the original cast recording, that album, it's got the black cover with the pink letters and stuff. That's up in there, top five all-time greatest rock vocal performances of that I've heard in my life yeah. that I'm putting up. His what he does and how he sings. Let's just get the fuck back. I mean, I know he couldn't win the Oscar because, you know, Denzel Washington came through being King Kong. Got nothing on him. So I understand that. But my God, the performance of this. Yes. Did. Yes. Agreed. Um, the showbiz cynicism. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great reheatable. Andrea Martin. Oh, um, she's so good. In that Sugar Daddy song, so the Sugar Daddy song, it's it's got like a, a train beat, which is like size, and somehow that woman is still able to clap off beat. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that would be me. God. That would be me. That's amazing. And then here's a thing about memories that is weird because remember we talked about it in Labyrinth, her whole phone thing how she had a phone implanted i was watching the movie and i was like wait they didn't show that that's because that was a deleted scene from the dvd i had to bust out my dvd player bust out the dvd because i'm like wait where is that scene did they cut it out i thought it was from a different movie i thought you were a different movie yeah, no, there's this whole thing with un- with the uh, Philistine, how she gets, this is in 2001, she gets the phone company, because there's a line in the film where she was like, oh, I was at the phone company. She gets a phone implanted in her head, and there's this whole bit where she licks the front her front tooth to connect and to disconnect, and she has a mic in her molar, and she's like, ah, Hedvig, talk into there, and they yeah. they cut it out. There's also, like, a Laverne and Shirley scene with her and Hedvig when they're trying to get a picture of Hedvig with Tommy Gnosis at the hotel, and they're dressed up as maids. That is just really funny, but they had to cut it out because they had to make this nice, tight movie. Ah. But she was really good in it. Um, Keytars... I'm a kid yes. in the 80s, so yes. I don't care. I see a key. You can't tell me guitars aren't cool. I, do, <laughs> I just refuse. They're, they're super cool. And Wig in a Box, when it starts with the guitar, I was just like, this might be my favorite film of all time. <laughs> um, Just the little moments of the film, how, like, when Hedvig is doing Wing in the Box and for some reason she just stamps down on the one of the lights that's in the front. Yeah. Hilarious. The bouncing ball in that scene. The Which lights in the ball, it's it's the wig. Yeah, the wig going across. Like, everybody. And they're in the window singing. And then the power lights, how, like, the light's going off, that's from CDs. Like oh. the director of photography, they just use CDs to make oh, it really? that effect. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's for a show that started off Broadway as a stage show. And I've seen that version as a stage show, like later in the early 2000s. I haven't seen the Broadway show. But then to see the movie of just how visually cool and movie 
Like it, it wasn't like he just was okay. This is what we're doing because you could have easily done that, but he did camera moves when he's in the oven. There's just a whole bunch of visual mm-hmm. stuff where it's like, man, this guy's a this guy's a great filmmaker. This is fantastic. The Korean wives, because that's a thing. I mean, you know, like it just with the same thing with. Uh, Robertson, like you know, the Sergeant Robinson having the German wife wanting the German wife, Hansel. I don't know if you guys remember when Jurgen Klingsman was the men's uh national team soccer coach. How many all of a sudden players looked like me that showed up mm-hmm. because they they had an American parent? We were like, okay, I know, I know who your American parent is and the background <laughs> behind that. And it's the same thing with like the Asian wives and stuff. So I thought it was hilarious that they were the career, the, and they were, they were like killing it too. I kind of would be down to see what happened with them and their band. Mm-hmm. And if they got like, and then they like get huge. That would be funny. Um, man, all the things that I learned from this film, I didn't know what vermouth was. I'm oh. not a fan, but I learned about it. Oh, when Tommy comes in, he's like, have you been drinking? And she's like, no, no, just Everclear and rainwater. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Um, that I remember when I was first watching this, like, just my head hurt because I was trying to figure, like, wait, is that a just all of the gender stuff? And this movie, I realized, like, oh, wait, all of that stuff is way more complex than just male, female, male. Uh-huh gay straight like we just are putting labels on things and it's there's so much more to that so then and people yeah. were like oh i'm non non-binary i'm like okay i oh, all right like yeah it makes sense right Cause, cause i think I, that's what one of the things like i had never seen this movie and i think i feel like if i had seen this movie 20 years ago it would have been a lot different than now like it would have been a lot more shocking to me and for me two nights ago watching it I was like okay like right. what's the big deal like mm-hmm. cool you're like you know and I think that's the beauty of it but also like I feel like it's lost a lot of like the oh my god look at oh yeah the shock value different yeah. this is you know I think but as somebody who did see it the first time 20 years ago of like yeah, my oh absolutely. My mind was just like, wait, what? I I what? wish I had seen this twenty years ago. Huh? And but then the the cool thing about seeing it twenty years later is they didn't. I for, I don't know who to give credit because I saw this when I was doing my research online and somebody pointed it out. So it wasn't me that came up with this, but that this movie wasn't made for like mainstream um, America. Right. It felt like it was just made to be made. Yeah, exactly. And that's Which I love. that it holds up because it was just made. It wasn't trying to like, oh, teach you something. Like, right. This movie exactly. didn't try to teach me anything. It was just I a movie remember, to be made. It was a movie to be made. And it made me like, I was like, wait, I don't understand because I have, this isn't what I've been shown my life. What is this? Well, wait, who? And does it, and then, Finally, like there was like it was just Aaron. No, that's just labels. Like, let it go. These are just people. And you're like, oh, okay. What will be will be. So now it's like, okay, I I'm gonna have a thing about 
the pronouns, then that's only because it was drilled into my head that, you know, you're, you have brown skin. So people are going to think that you're dumb. You need to know how to speak well, you know? (laughs) So I had to pay attention to that. Well-spoken. Yeah. I got it. You gotta, you gotta talk pretty. Um, but getting outside of, of that is like, Oh, okay. That's the pronouns non-binary. All right. Like whatever you want, baby, you got it. And I really credit like, and it was the music that brought me in. I'm like, all right, what is this? Yeah. I love this music. I love these guitars. I love these drums. What is this? And then your whole mind gets blown open of like, oh, this whole binary thing that you that they've been, you know, preaching down your neck. Like, no, Hedvig just comes in as like, oh no, I'm not transgender. We didn't have any of that. There wouldn't have mm-hmm. like 20 years ago. There was no. Well, what pronouns is Hedvig and and is Hedvig transgender? It was like I I don't know. I would try to say what it was and but it it, it just opened doors of like, all right, let me listen. Let me understand. So I like the touring of Bilgewaters, <laughs> especially because that that so they they follow his tour and it was supposed to be red lobster but red lobster fell through but they were able to get a b- oh, bunch yeah. of like the props and then i love at the end when <laughs> head big is like this is awesome that she's playing bilgewater at times square <laughs> like that just crap yet I think like big props to general speck or whoever hired Hedvig as the nanny in the 80s in junction well, city yeah that's true you know uh, like okay i don't know if the general hired her but somebody it is hired head like you know that's uh best props to that um yeah and i already mentioned the deleted thing so yeah so we are to quotables and um i wrote down one from the beginning when Hedvig is um, doing a show in Bilgewater, the seafood restaurant, how did a slip of a girly boy from communist East Berlin become the internationally ignored song stylist barely standing before you? Mm. Hilarious. Hilarious. That was mine. Mine? So many. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote one down. Mm-hmm. It really spoke to me. She came at me from both sides somehow, and she gave me a fucking hug. Yeah, that, that was nice. What, yeah. what part was that? Well, it was the part when Hedvig comes in from the show, and I think Yitzhak <sighs> is um, brushing... The big oh, hair. Yes, yes, yes. It's like in the way beginning. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. you, because you, because, yeah, because was like, oh, I'm going to fight, you know, because it's that violence that um, someone in Hedvig's position would be, you know, Hedvig's used to having like, fist, like violence that we've talked about uh-huh. against trans people and people who present as trans, you know, that. She would, and then this woman just like hugged her and gave her a fucking yes, hug. Yes, yes, fucking yes, hug. yes. Hmm? Yes. He's like, do you believe that? And then she's like, and I got some booze from it. And she's drinking. <laughs> oh, I have, I have a bunch. I have, uh, it's what I have to work with. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, oh man. 
the road is my home and my home the road. And when I think of all the people I have come upon in my travels, I cannot help but think of the people who have come upon me. Tommy, can you hear me? From this milkless tit, you have sucked the very business we call show. This is so... I just love referring to show business as the business we call show (laughs) to this day. And she says, no, but this song is referring to I Will Always Love You. It's like, you think that love lasts forever? It's like, no, but this song does. This song does. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. She says, I had lost my job at the base PX and I had lost my gag reflex. You do the math. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got kicked out of university for delivering a brilliant lecture on the aggressive influence of German philosophy on rock and roll entitled, You Can't Always Get What You Want, which <laughs> always cracked me. So good. Oh. oh, one day in the late to mid 80s, I was in my early late 20s. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh. At the beginning, when she goes, my God, I deserve a break today. And she's like the McDonald's. Honestly. She's the McDonald's side on the wall. Yeah. Oh, the whole, like, her whole bit on the, the gummy bear, she's like, I feel so optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my man, Monday through Thursday. Yitzhak, ladies and gentlemen, there's no need. There's none. Just, just all of her just one-liners and barbs. That was yeah. just so hilarious to me. You guys, I still quote up. I'm always going like, like the whole pandemic. I'm like, you can't always get what you want. <laughs> okay, well, LVP. Mine was, of course, sexual abuse. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to let you go first before me, Erin, because I feel like mine's going to be unpopular. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I have a couple of honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, Honorable mention, shout out to Luther for leaving Hedvig with uh, a young man who, I I don't know, that man, he just looked questionable. Uh I was like, Um, And honorable mention to Hedvig Schmidt. uh, Yeah, Hedvig Schmidt, who is his mom. I have yes, her in that there. Yes, that was the mom. Yes. Um, because yes, you know, she, as we said, she made him play in the oven, also threw tomatoes at him. And then there was that exchange when they're watching TV and Jesus, it was like Jesus and friends. And Hansel says, Jesus says the darndest things. And she slaps him and says, Don't you ever mention that name to me again. And little Hansel goes, But he died for our sins. And the mother goes, So did Hitler. And I'm like, Yes. Oh yes. 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 This. And then you're like, oh yeah, that's right. When the wall went up, he she threw Hansel in a wheelbarrow and went east. And went <laughs> oh, east. Yeah. yeah. She like, went to the wrong end. And then you know, so there's all of that. Cause that's exact hurt people, hurt people. And then she has a child with a pedophile. I mean, her redeeming quality is that she did toss his ass out. Like, she yeah. was just like, get the fuck out. That's fucked up. I think she just wanted to be alone. 
She was yeah. over his ass. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> my real MVP is Hansel's dad. Um, oh, wait, we're at MVP or LVP? Oh, LVP. My, my, my LVP. Okay. Yeah, my right. real LVP, LVP is his father because, mm-hmm. like what Ma said, you know, come on. So my LVP, go ahead, is the movie because I liked, I enjoyed the movie, but I feel like the Broadway show is probably better. If it started on Broadway, usually off Broadway, it is off off Broadway, on Broadway, Broadway. same damn thing. I feel like I enjoy it while I enjoyed it. I'm putting it as my LVP because I feel like I would enjoy the play better. I feel like it's usually better that way, as we have seen in Hamilton and Rent and all the other things that have come our way. When they're made for that, it's usually better on the stage. And I could see it um, because then you get the energy. Yeah. Yeah. In the Tasty Nuggets, I have the differences from the what changed in the Broadway musical. Okay. Well, I'm giving it as my LVP as the movie, and I don't know if it's going to come back as offer on Broadway, but I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. It was off-Broadway like... No, it it started off-Broadway in like 98, and then they did the movie, and then they had... Um, they had to wait for How I Met My Mother to be over so that Neil Patrick Harris, Harris could, could do it. So then mm, I would love to see the Broadway. Cry. Well, I looked at, I did YouTube and lo- and I was like, oh, wow. Okay, man. So he did it in the Broadway production was in 2014. And, and Neil Patrick t- Harris was in that? Neil Patrick Harris was oh like, wait God. for my tasty nuggets. Oh, I did my tasty nuggets. I, I, okay, I'll wait. Yeah. Okay. That's my MVP then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Christine has told us her MVP. Well, no, it's not actually. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, what is oh, yours? It is kind of. Well, because I wrote Hedwig as the main character. I love that this is the main character of a movie or a Broadway show or whatever. I like that about, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then I wrote Broadway. I wrote my MVP is Broadway, actually, because after, if anyone listens to the Daily, mm-hmm. the, well, there was an episode this week talking about um, Broadway came about, bro- like Broadway shut down on March 12, 2020. And it's, oh, and a handful of times that Broadway is shut down, but this is the longest time that Broadway has ever been shut down in New York City. And I work in retail, and my boss's boss kept telling me, oh, when Broadway comes back, you're going to get all these people. I'm like, I don't know that we will. But um, listening to that episode of The Daily, it's like they interviewed somebody who was like, oh, we're in town from somewhere in middle America and we're here to see eight shows. And I was like, holy shit, you miss me a millionaire. But yes. it's also like people come to see that, but yeah. 
it's fascinating. I mean, listening to that show, that episode, there's a show called The Six, and they were set to debut on March 12th, 2020. Oh, and then wow. that's when it everything shut down. And it, it's just nice to know that Broadway is coming back. And it is one of those things that, like, New York City is not alive and back again until, like, Broadway is back. Mm-hmm. So Broadway was my MVP. Well nice. done. Shout out to Hamilton. Shout out. Shout out to Beetlejuice. Shout out to The Lion King, which I want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shout out to The need... Six. Apparently yeah, you should go see it. It's a brand that's new show. Like that's right up y'all's alleys. It's about the wives of Henry the uh-huh. What with oh, all the wives? Really? About the wives yeah. of Henry the Eighth and sung in the styles of Beyonce. Like oh all my. different, all the wives have a different mm-hmm. pop star that they're kind of like. I was like, oh, all right, I'm gonna. I I was intrigued, but then I got sucked back into Hedvig, and I was like, man, this to me is the best musical ever yeah. because it's rock. But also, like shout out to Broadway, but also off Broadway because I think like shows like The Waitress have been running, right? And I could be wrong, but I think they've already like. It's like Off-Broadway has done the test drive for Broadway. Cut this out of the podcast if it's not right. Let's do our research. But what I think is Off-Broadway has done the test drive for Broadway to make sure nobody gets sick and sick and dies. <laughs> and I could be wrong. Oh. You're, you're talking about in the COVID, or are you talking about sick and dies as in the, the production just dies? Dead COVID. on arrival. No, COVID. COVID. Like COVID. I, I, don't, I don't know if this is true. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, I love the wild speculation of science. I, I mean, I kept seeing things on Instagram that were like, oh, we're, yay, we're back. And it's like, I think it's some off-Broadway shows. Mate, we'll probably cut this out. Cut this out. No, Begin. we're leaving it. The off, the off, the off Broadway productions. The, it's um, that's money, so yeah. they can experiment, and so they yeah. can, you know, refine their COVID protocols. And a lot of times they're smaller, so then it would. Okay, we're ready because I'm guessing that off Broadway would be back before Broadway was back. I but think I, it was, but I don't know for sure. So. Well, no, like we, we, we're Broadway novices. We only know yeah. a Broadway star. But my MVP is Broadway. I'm trying to get Adam in the next few weeks to like get some. Let me tell you, they tickets drink- tonight and see what we can go see. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, it's time. I, I can't. Believe, I'm just like, where? What? I. Huh? What happened? This is what this is what the 30s do to people. You fall out of time, and I'm like, I could. Wait, they did. A, it's been like watching YouTube of Neil Patrick Harris as Hedvig. I'm like, what the hell? Although oh, I was, oh my God, he, I love him. YouTube it. It's on YouTube. He, his oh, Hedvig. I'm God. like, yeah, we'll get to it. I'll explain it more in the okay. tasting nuggets. Okay. Ma, your MVP. Okay. I have a couple honorable mentions. Oh, a couple. Okay. My, yes. My first honorable mention is Miriam Shore. As Yitzhak. I oh. was look. I kept going, is that Jared Leto? Because of those blue eyes? And I'm going, then there was a close-up, and I went, I can see the glue of that, of the beard. The beard. But, what? wow. She was amazing as Yitzhak. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, my God. Um, okay. Uh, the writing just, I mean, Aaron's quotes alone tell you the writing, but my true MVP, the first time we saw it in 2001, that's when I learned not to put bras in the dryer. Same here. You always put bras in the yes. dryer. Yes. I was like, you're not supposed like, to put this in the dryer. So I was like, no, you can't put a bra in the dryer. Exactly. This movie taught me that. I was like, but my mom did. I and then did. It was like, no, no, no. Mm. And then we all stopped putting bras in the dryer. Unless you yeah, live in New York City and you don't have access. Hey, oh, me right here. Dryers and my And then right you buy here. cheap bras, put them in the dryer, and you just pray for the best. Oh, but one of my runs- You've got a great bra dryer right there behind you. That's a perfect bra dryer. That's true, but that requires pulling the bras out. That requires when you put all your loads of laundry in, when you transfer it from the washer to the dryer to pull oh. your bras out. Then you should walk home with your bras. No, you get a but, bag. Yeah, you get a you get a uh, lingerie bag, yeah, that's and what you I put them in there. Yeah. yeah, that's what I do. Another expense, that's another thing. That's another requires. It still requires fishing them out. When I do laundry, let me tell you how much laundry I do. It's a lot. Yeah, I and understand. And when you're digging through sports bras and thongs and no. shorts and things. That's when you start thinking about what you're wearing. When you have to do your laundry in a bathtub, you're like, do I need to be wearing this many shirts? I don't think I do. (laughs) Well, I do thank Hedvig for letting me know you never put a bra in the dryer. It warps. That's why I never wash my bras. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's that. Hand wash only over here. (laughs) <laughs> okay other mvps i have honorable mention Teresa d perez she was the production designer she was also the production designer on black swan high fidelity and summer of mm, sam sadly she's no longer with us mm. but if you watch the commentary or anything all of these little minor touches that was her like the the scene that we're talking about with the bras there's a single sock that's on the cork board. That was what she did. She actually appears briefly in that scene in the back. It, this movie is... Um, that's why, to me, it just holds such a special place because it's just done on such a shoestring budget and it's from a stage. And the time and care that they took for everything that appeared in frame, there's jokes upon jokes upon jokes mm-hmm. that are just in the background. And that's the production designer. That's the director of photography. That's everybody. That's John Cameron Mitchell just putting their all into this to make this. Because at this point, it wasn't going to go on Broadway. This is going to be the definitive mark of this show that people, that that a kid in Junction City was not going to get to go off Broadway and see this. But they would have this movie and they Mm -hmm. wouldn't feel Mm -hmm. alone. And they really did put such a caring touch on it. The costume designer, Adrian Phillips, she also did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Walk the Line. She's responsible for Hedwig's costumes. If you if you want to hear more about that, 
there's go on the Academy Awards, um, the Oscars website, and they in August they did a whole interview. There's pictures behind the scenes of um, this film and celebrating the 20th anniversary of it, oh, and she was wow. in it. And talking about it. Yeah, that's what I watched. It showed up as an email. And I was like, Hedvig is 20 years old. What the fuck? And that's why I knew. I was like, and I watched it. And I listened to John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask. And the costume designer. And I was, and the, the, oh, the man who did Hedvig's. Oh, the makeup. Hedvig's makeup. Michael, Mike Potter. Another honorable mention MVP. He was like talking about it and the evolution. So it's online to watch. And I was just like, yeah, we got to do this movie. My real MVP, though, of course, Stephen Trask, John Cameron Mitchell, love them, all of their work, all of this. But if you're telling me the MVP for me in this film is Ben Meyer Goodman, who played young Hansel. Ah. when he does his rock and roll dance on the bed. On the bed, yeah. Mm, yeah, that's that was so good. That's it. The way that he is, it, it's just, my God, it's a magnifique. It's chef's kiss. <laughs> it's perfection. That is what rock and roll will do to yeah. the body. And he does, that is dancing like nobody is watching. And you think he's spazzing out, but he's uh, just feeling it. And he's just it's like, I don't even understand what he's doing, but I love it. It is That is happiness on celluloid. Yes. yes. Agreed. Okay. Um, recasting. Uh, I couldn't, but I did recast Yitzhak as Jared Leto. <laughs> but um yeah i couldn't i so what did you do aaron all right so for hedvig i had andre royo who is best known as bubbles from the wire oh my god because i was watching truth be told that came out on friday and he showed up in leather pants and a leather vest and i was like you know what i'd be interested to see this man this man's take on hedvig that's what's so hard. Like, literally anybody can be Hedvig and Yitzhak. That's why this production, this show is so genius. Because really, you can have anybody take on the role and play it. Um, I would also, after watching this again, I'm like, you know what? I would be interested in seeing Jessica Chastain as Hedvig. Oh, yeah. I thought that John Cameron Mitchell had a, a striking resemblance like in the same kind of facial range features yes. as Jessica Chastain. And I was like, oh man, you take you take Chastain's just equally acting capability. I would be very interested in that. Um as Hedvig or as Tommy Little Nas X. Oh, that's a good one. I can see the Tommy Gnosis, you know? I have as Yitzhak. Because the whole thing with Yitzhak that I think kind of gets lost in the movie is that Yitzhak is Hedvig's husband who wants to be a drag queen. But the role is traditionally played by a female because of the background vocals, like the ra- the vocal ranges. Oh. So, 
Yeah, that, but then that's also the the whole like literally anybody could play. Like, you know, you're just playing around and stuff. But I thought it, like Yitzhak a Dua Lipa would be. Oh, oh wow! It would be interesting. She's kind of got like a, a deep voice, so it might be interesting. And then I was just watching Truth Be Told, and I also threw out Kate Hudson as a as a head wig. Yeah. And uh, Cynthia Rebo as a as a Hedvig, but literally you can just that's the fun yeah, Hedvig yeah. is like oh what? yeah generals are non yeah doesn't matter it doesn't matter outstanding oh wait I'm sorry and then I did a good fight cast as Hedvig and Yitzhak so you could be you could interchange Christine Baranski and Andrea McDonald. Yeah. And, and the rest of the supporting cast, I mean, you uh, know, what's his face could be definitely be Luther. Oh, know? oh, and Kush Jumbo, you could put like she could be like a Yitzhak or a Tommy. Like the the good the good fight could put on a pretty decent Hedvig and the Angry Inch. Oh, I think they should. Just saying. You have to have a really strong vocal to be Edvig, though. But also, I think you have to know how... Well, I, I guess you. It does, that's not a must. But the thing that I do like about Hedvig is the pure rock singing and mm -hmm. not the vibrato that is truly True. found in the Broadway. True. True. Okay, well, Tasty Nuggets... I, I just skipped over you, Christine. I assumed you didn't do a recasting. That's a safe, a safe bet. There you go. Um, they they didn't do the part about Yitzhak. Um, they in the movie Yitzhak was a drag queen in mm -hmm. Croatia. Yeah, I didn't know any of it's that. It's a deleted scene on the yeah. DVD. Okay. I watched it. Do you know what her name was? No. Yes, Crystal knocked. knocked. Uh, oh, ouch. shit. Yeah. <laughs> and in the deleted scene, shout out to Therese, um, the, the, the production designer is no longer with us. She knew that the national flower of Croatia was a sunflower. So in the deleted scene, they're doing a scene. It's a Barbara Streisand night at a Croatian place and oh she knew gosh. enough that they were throwing flowers, but they were throwing sunflowers because that's the official flower of Croatia. So just, wow. just her, it was just, <laughs> oh, okay, no, she just hit, she coughed and then she hit the button, hit the button again. We're keeping this in. Yeah. Give the people what they want. That's how did I not? How, how did I? That was great. Because you cough, then you hit it. Then <laughs> no. you start talking. When somebody will be like, I'm about to cough. So I'm going to hit the button. I hit it. But you hit it. Make, you were I apologize. Um, they, they tell me all the time. Even Adam goes, Ma, could you hit the mute when you cough? So I've been and trying to. to acknowledge it. Okay. Anyway, Hedvig agrees to marry Yitzhak if Yitzhak promises to never do drag again because Hedvig is nervous that Yitzhak will out pretty 
and outshine mm-hmm. Hedvig. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Yitzhak is so um yeah, yeah. And, and unhappy. Unhappy because yeah. Yitzhak I kind of needed more of that backstory. Yes. Because yeah. it didn't it. make sense. It, it um, didn't. Yitzhak seems so brooding all the time. It's like, yeah. why why put up yeah. with this? I yeah, needed more of a backstory. There was a reason. Yeah. In the opening number, Hedvig's cape mimicked the Berlin Wall. Yeah, with the uh, Yankee the, Go Home. Yeah, Yankee uh-huh. Go Home. Um, the part with Rosie O'Donnell was from the Rosie O'Donnell show when they mm-hmm. did the off-Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh, wow. she, was always, she was always great about bringing Broadway to her show mm-hmm. so that people were introduced to the Broadway stuff. So, yeah. That's what I have. Oh, one more thing. Stephen Trask, who wrote the songs in the score, sang for Tommy. Mm-hmm. Evidently, Tommy didn't oh. have the vocal chops to sing. So that he's was the Stephen voice Trask. of Tommy Gnosis. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Tini, do you have any? No. I have this one, the Audience Award Dramatic and Directing Award Dramatic at the 2001 Sundance Film Festival. I have that in real life, John Cameron Mitchell was originally offered the role of Angie in Rent. Oh. But he had to turn it down because he, he was doing Hedvig. Oh, he's busy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Origin of Love, that whole song is based off of Plato's Symposium in which Aristophanes gives a speech about love being a product of the need to reunite with one's other half after being split in two. Okay. Yeah, there was lots of Greek mythology in this. Uh-huh. In a nod to the original off-Broadway production, get ready for this, guys. Uh-oh. There's a mural of the Titanic on the wall. It's not the Titanic. Well, okay. It's the Lusitania. Oh but, my God! Okay. Where are we going? So, all right, that on Bilgewater's, but it Bilgewater's, that yeah, the restaurant. But when it's this real. was off Broadway, it originated in the Jane Street Theater, and that was where that house survivors of the Titanic wreck. What? Yeah. Where was that? Where's that? It was. It was like a mural, uh, like. A, you know, when they do those it was a, photos yeah. okay. and it was Lusitania going down on the wall of the Bilgewater behind Where's the, the Bilgewater? In Baltimore? Well, no, the Bilgewater was the restaurant chain that had yeah. been always performed in. And it's so, real space. And it's real. No, it was based off of like okay. a, I'm a red I'm lobster. Okay, but, they but why really... are we real and we're fake? What? Why is there a, a Lusitania there? Because it, it's a seafood restaurant. That's the, okay, the so seafood restaurant. Okay, so it's a fake Titanic. Right. So they That's wanted, actually the Luciana. Right. Well, so they wanted it to be the Titanic, but obviously they didn't get their whole thing right. Like, yeah. Hey, Therese per- de Perez did a lot of work here. Okay, so she messed up. Well, and she, she fucked up. Lusitania instead of the I Titanic. would know the Titanic. But, but my my research was- had had that the the theater as survivors of the Lusitania. 
Okay. But why are we even bringing the survivors into this if it's fake? No, because in real life, insensitive. Because in real life, the Jane Street Theater, where they performed it originally and developed it, was where real life survivors lived in New York. That's where they. The Jane Street Theater. I've never heard of that. Well, there's something with that and that. And okay, well, I'm going to the Jane Street Theater tomorrow. I'm gonna. There you go. And you will know that survivors. And then the Lusitania is on the on the side of it. A ship sinking. A ship sinking. Well, we, we saw that. You know what? I'll I'll have you know. I signed up a new listener tonight, and the thing that got her hooked was knowing that we did Titanic. Oh, well done. Jane I... Street Theater. I'm looking it up right now. I don't see any matches on my map. Oh. Ouch. So all of our information is wrong. Oh, I mean, that was its name 20 years ago. The Jane ago. Hotel. So <laughs> why not you come up with something more... At Christine. Don't at me on this, Broadway people. At Christine. <laughs> yeah. The Jane Street Theater ain't real, so. What's next? Fake news. Fake news. Oh, well, Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All time great. Uh, <laughs> uh, Midnight Radio. This is the final song. It contains a number of references to inspire, inspiring women in rock and roll. Aretha Franklin, Yoko Ono, Nico, Patti Smith, Tina Turner, and Nona, which I always thought for 20 years, and Nona and me was Madonna. But no, hmm. it's Nona Hendrix. Hmm. She was Hendrix? one. She was one e. third. Hendrix? Yeah, she she actually is a distant cousin of Jimi Hendrix. She spelled it with a Y distant. instead of an I. Mm, but she, she doesn't want to be that related. She was also one third of La Belle, the Patty La Belle. Yeah, oh, La Belle. Did Lady oh. Marmalade? Oh. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, and Nona wasn't Madonna. Interesting. <laughs> All right, Teeny. Neil Patrick Harris starred in the first Broadway production in two thousand fourteen. Uh, I love it. Andrew Reynolds, Darren Chris, Michael C. Hall, and Tay Diggs also Tay did. Tay Diggs? Yes. Oh, my God. But Michael C. Hall? Yes. I love Tay Diggs. Who's Michael yes. C. Hall? Yes. And so on Broadway, because the whole thing about when they originated it off Broadway at the alleged Jane Street Theater, he <laughs> says that that place doesn't exist. So wherever that space uh, was, my Google Maps, huh? that they originated. That's Dexter. Yes, they would. The whole conceit was that you know Hedvig is playing these small shitty places while Tommy Gnosis is out, you know, going right. away. And so when they were bringing the show to Broadway, they were like, "Well, why would Hedvig?" How would Hedvig be playing Broadway? Oh. Like, it doesn't make sense. So, oh, man. I don't remember. It's the name of the theater starts with a B. 
And it seems like Bosco or Briasco. That was the theater that in 2014 that Hedvig played on Broadway. But it's a Broadway theater, but it's east of Broadway. So they oh. incorporated that into it. And they wanted to come up with a movie that was a popular movie that would have gotten turned into a Broadway musical that flopped. And so then Hedvig took over that stage while they were demolishing it. And that would be, so then every night when you went to the Broadway musical to see it, Tommy Gnosis is playing like a giant, you know, Times Square and Hedvig is playing this Broadway theater, but she's using the set from a now defunct movie adaptation of a Broadway musical that flopped. And they kept trying to think of movies and they couldn't think of a movie because all the movies they thought of actually did have Broadway musicals that Mm. were varying in how good they were. And then they come up with this idea that Hedvig's background for the Broadway show would be Hurt Locker, the musical. (gasps) And so when you go online and see Neil Patrick Harris doing Hedvig, like on the Tony Awards and stuff, and you see like a bombed out car and all that, it's because they're using the set from a fictional Hurt Locker, the musical, that tank adds it. I'm like, dude, that's brilliant. Now I want to see it on Broadway. Wow. And they also changed some of the songs to be um, like Sugar Daddy isn't country. It's more um, punk. Uh, Yeah. So I'm like, oh, interesting. And they changed. They added like the dialogue. They changed some references. So they wouldn't be quite as aged and stuff. Right. Right. Changed it up. So like like they when they went to Broadway, they did do some different changes and sprinkled it in which now I'm like oh man because I think I was just like oh they're just gonna take the movie and put it on there Mm -hmm. and I was just living life and blah blah blah. and then then I looked to see I was like when did it come to LA the traveling show it came it was at the Pantagist the first week of November 2016 and I was like oh I was sad then I was very sad. Oh, yeah. I can't Tay Diggs, because I love yeah. him so much. Rent. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do Rent one day. Yep. Yes. We have a lot of musicals to do. So, but not I mean, next week. This is my favorite musical. Oh, that's a bold statement. It is, because I love... I this The way that you sing about Hamilton and the Hamilton songs, yeah. how I sing... Uh-huh. All of these songs. Rent is my favorite. Okay. So I'll keep it. Well, that has been Hedvig and the Angry Inch. I highly recommend it. Next week, we're going to go back to our roots. Okay. That means far, galaxy far away. We're going to go to 1940. Oh, shit. Now the problem is before I was born. We before I was born too. Really? Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) There was a before time. Um, you can only see it on Turner Classic Movie Network. Oh boy. Or YouTube. 
Oh, YouTube. Okay. YouTube. But Turner Classic Movie, it came right up and and could. I just put in Turner Classic Movie and it came up. We don't have cable. <laughs> No. Oh, you guys can't do that? We don't have cabling. Maybe it'll be on HBO Max. We'll I figure it out. It's not. It's not. Oh. It's not we'll streaming it. anywhere. We'll you can't, rent, you can't oh. rent it on Apple. Porgy and okay. Beth. No, you we wish. can't find that. I wish. Okay, well, I guess yeah. I'll have to do a different one then. No! What no! Go for it. We'll put I on the effort. We'll just it. have to make a little bit more effort. Yeah, who's in it? It was the only uh, Hitchcock movie to win an Oscar. Shining. Rebecca? Yes. Rebecca isn't available to that? rent. How did you do that? I know you do I know that. Oh my God. I like um, this. Be amazed, Teeny. Be amazed. So, so uh, you know, people, maybe next week we're doing Rebecca, maybe we're not. Joan Fontaine? Yes. I'll figure it out. And, sir. Lawrence, Lawrence Olivia. Olivia. I think it's our first Sir Lawrence. Mm. You're getting into spooky season. I see. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Get ready for October. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, after a house of a thousand corpses, who knows what we're in for. Oh, oh I've, been, I've been researching. You're going to be scared. Oh, God. Okay. I can't believe that Rebecca isn't available. Like, isn't that weird? Because it's got Hitchcock and Sir Lawrence Olivier. I know. It's an Oscar winner. Well, okay. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do a different Hitchcock. I don't know. We'll do that. We'll figure it out. We can watch it. Okay. Well, listeners, this has been... Hedvig and the Angry Inch. And we will be with you next week for uh, hopefully Rebecca. All right. All righty. Oh, oh,